Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Star Strong Bad Email Star Trek. Oh, wait, I'm so sorry. I, I got confused there. Welcome to the Prime wow. Subjective. Strong Bad broke in here, and I just kicked him out. Get out of here, Strong Bad. <laughs> We're here. This is the Prime Subjective. We're a Star Trek podcast, not a strong, not a Homestar Runner podcast, though Aww. that would have legs were we to do that. I have a lot of opinions about that as well. Uh, today we're going to be discussing two episodes of Star Trek, uh, season uh, four, episode 16, I believe, of Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, The Nth Degree. And we're also going to be discussing, um, 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 what's the other one? I got it right here. We are going to be discussing uh, a few badgies more from this current uh, season of Lower Decks. Uh, before we get to discussing these classic episodes, uh, we've got our, our panel of, of Star Trek aficionados here with me. We've got um, uh, our marzipan, Carrie coleman Hinners. Oh, I'm strong, sad. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> strong, I'm sad. I'm sad. Wait, that is that how we go? <laughs> yeah, he's pretty sad. <laughs> I'm sad. And we've got our Coach Z, uh, Michael Henley. <laughs> the system is down. The system, the system is down. Wow. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And myself, I'm Chris Newcomer. I'm your host. But uh, Carrie, how how you yes. doing? Uh, doing pretty fine. This week was Halloween, as you all know, because we're on the same calendar. Uh, we we went to my mom and I went to World Cafe Live Halloween night to see the Kiffness. K i f f n e s s Kiffness. Um, this dude, this dude from South Africa went on a world tour, I guess sometime over the pandemic, he, um, started, uh, doing, making music by sampling mm, cat videos online, um, and got really popular for the cat videos, but, uh, he also samples, um, different vendors in South Africa. So really, really fun stuff, just based on their, you know, viral videos. He did go out of his way to say um, that he contacted all of these people and made sure that they're getting some royalty from whatever <laughs> money he's making off of them. So that's good. <laughs> um, but he puts on a good show. And I wasn't sure what to expect because it was something that my mom really likes. So already that's a red flag, <laughs> but, um, she just, my mom just loves scrolling videos. Facebook videos is just what she can't stop doing. So she found this guy because she likes cat videos. Um, and he does like live looping. It's really awesome actually. So it's just him and another guy who's helping produce the, the, the video part of his show and it was a good show i liked it the kiffness and uh if you feel like it look it up yeah let's check that out yeah i'm glad you enjoyed it yeah it was an interesting mix of people there were like little kids up to you know senior citizens like my mom all different age ranges there he's got a wide a but wide everybody loves cats i think that's what you tell yeah them. yeah cats cat. Are the great uniter of people, I suppose. 
my mom made a friend. Um, I thought she was going to get in a fight with the people from World Cafe Live because we got general admission, which means no seating. And then I was like, I ha I she has to sit. <laughs> my mom has to sit. <laughs> so eventually she got a seat just by lingering by where seats were. Somebody let her sit. But um, yeah, it was touch and go there for a sec, but we're all good. Everybody's friends. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I know that the I mean that it's those one one thing to be like hovering for a seat uh in our twenties, yeah. thirties, forties, yeah. wherever we may yeah. be. But it's another yeah. thing for senior citizens to be like, yeah, they need to, they need to have a seat she's ahead of time. Like in her seventies, she's like, Well, I didn't know that I had to purchase an extra seat. I mean, that's just not fair. And she's like going on to the person at the door. Oh, and I'm no. like, let's just move this conversation yeah. over here. We it we smoothed it out. It was fine. I just feel like, yeah, I think I think she's probably not alone in her key demographic of of not understanding the ins and outs mm -hmm. of a World Cafe Live experience and being like, oh, yeah. I have to, I don't get just get to sit wherever I go. It's like, no, you gotta, yeah. unfortunately, you gotta actually buy a seat. What well, is confused? In her defense, I was like, yeah, she did buy a ticket, but then she had to reserve a seat. So anyway, whatever. Oh, I see. World oh, Cafe Live, that. figure that out for the old folks get, that want to get your shit show. together. Yeah. <laughs> Don't it just write like... it in the fine print in an email because they're not going to read that. <clears throat> yeah, you got to get it in the bold. Get in the bold. <laughs> Michael Henley, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, uh, you know, like Carrie said, uh, this week was Halloween. Uh, I got to hang out with my brother and my sister-in-law to help them give out candy. It's my favorite time of year, especially uh, I love Halloween part where like if you have no plans, you're just like, hey, do you need help? handing out candy and what i really mean is just like i don't want to be uh i, I don't want to be in the house by myself you know if maybe my other half is on a business trip or whatever like she currently is so like can i just hang out at your house for a little bit i'll help you give out candy that's helpful right yeah, um that, uh, that famous <laughs> task that needs a lot of help from exactly yeah, yeah, yeah i mean it's very i mean it's backbreaking it's heavy i mean you gotta haul yeah. out all the bags <laughs> and everything you gotta you gotta tell each and every individual trick-or-treater what are you supposed to be or yeah. i recognize your costume is maybe the better way to go about what it. are you supposed supposed to be what do you mean <laughs> give me your wallet yeah <laughs> exactly um uh as a newish dog owner as well because uh my other half has been a dog owner for a long time and uh you know as we started living together i discovered something crazy which is that dogs love pumpkins um they love them so uh we come home from a pumpkin carving party a couple weekends ago uh, or excuse me, last weekend uh, with two freshly carved pumpkins that I think look marvelous. Mine is more tr kind of a traditional jack-o'-lanterns uh, and uh, my other half's uh, is um, a, you know, it's a very nice, very well-carved uh, cat image. Um, and, you know, the thing about this thing is there's a lot of like negative space. You know, there's a lot of like, you know, sure. hole where you can see the, the light. Uh, which is enough to inspire. The, there's a lot of hole. There's a lot of hole. A lot of light coming out of that hole. Um, which uh, was just enough to inspire our dog to be like, "Ooh, this is so snack sized This whole faceplate on the pumpkin. Yoink!" So all of a sudden, oh, no. in of like 24 hours, we go from perfectly carved pumpkin to completely ruined pumpkin because the dog was just like, "Well, this looks like a tasty face, and I can take get away with it in one in in one bite." Chomp done. No, it's I mean, sad. it's why they make them so cute because we can't get no. mad at them when they do things like that. It's just I mean, we can't get we get frustrated maybe, but not you know. Yeah, yeah. Can't give I mean, them the boot. 
can't get can't get mad you know i mean i i mean i get mad when we're out walking and i'm just like don't be in the street you are disregarding your safety both of us need to worry about your safety um they yeah i i, I there's a dog in that my my pretty close with it my i watch a lot for my friends lawrence and byron and that dog thinks that every car is his mortal enemy and must mm. be attacked mm. so he's constantly yeah. lunging into the street at these oh, cars no. and i'm like babe number one go for it you're gonna lose and that'll be it's that's one game you're playing and it's over <laughs> so yeah they're not uh they don't really have their own uh physical well-being <laughs> being at stake but you know that's our fault for domesticating them this would maybe yeah. know better had we not been like here if you balances on your nose i'll give you yeah. a treat and then they, they, they gave up their survival instinct for that cute skill you know uh-uh. I will give you every chicken bone we find on the street if you will get out of the street and I'll go grab them. (laughs) (laughs) Spoilers for everyone at home. That is a lot of chicken bones. Yeah, well, you're in South Philly, right? I mean, just Philly in general, there's (laughs) a lot of chicken bones. I was thinking that there's surprisingly a lot of food that you don't know, but your dog will find. Oh, yeah. What's because people are always eating chicken wings and just tossing the bones. While while they're walking and then tossing the bones. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. weird. Yeah, it's a Philly thing. Then they floss. Then they floss their teeth with those little toothpicks and throw yeah. those around. Oh, those yeah. are everywhere too. What and a joy. Like, and like, you know, in the middle, it, it could be any season, even in winter time, you know, like just spent frozen chicken bones. And you're like, how are you finding anything worthwhile on that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I mean, up here, I'll, I won't tell you what we find in the street up here in East Kensington, but uh, <laughs> it includes chicken bones, but it's some other stuff too. Mm. Uh, that you would probably don't want your dog to get either, you know? Yeah, no, <laughs> definitely not. Yeah. So Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Um, I don't I don't know if it's been mentioned yet, but it has been Halloween this week. Um, and so uh I Halloween the day was actually pretty quiet for us because we had gone up to Provincetown for Halloween weekend for Spooky Bear, which is this big like weekend full of events and things to do. Um for gay people uh, in Provincetown, for everybody really, but you know, it's Provincetown, so it's pretty, pretty queer themed. We had a great time. They have a, 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 the big thing to do there is to go to the tea dance, the boat slip, which people already come in costume to for the most part. There's always a theme and people are like, oh yeah, it's 70s. But for Halloween, you know, the gays do not fuck around. And no. so it was, it was very good. Like I know I'm, I'm, I've been gay for 40 years. I know how great, great we could be, but I hadn't seen it concentrated <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, oh my God, it's Princess Diana over there. And look, oh, it's a cavalcade of Britney Spears of every single era of her career and a cavalcade of Lady Gaga's from every single era of oh, her wow. career. Yeah. Um, actually, at one point, we'd seen a woman who was dressed as Britney Gaga with the uh, uh, Britney Gaga. Britney, Britney Spears. Gaga. That would be a <laughs> good costume. Britney Gaga is a good costume. Yeah, yeah. Great look costume. At the switch. But she was dressed as Britney Spears with the, with the plastic knives. And we saw her, this was on Friday night. We saw her at the beginning of the evening with the knives. Saw her in the middle of the evening being like, where are my plastic knives? And then saw her at the end of the evening having found her plastic knives again. It was a kind of like, you know, it's perfect for a story. A middle beginning and end. There's some turmoil in the middle. Starting a character we know. You know, it was really, it was really rather very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was lots of really good costumes. Um, there was someone dressed as um, the runaway bride. He literally was like on a blow up horse with the perfect Julia Roberts runaway oh. bride. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, he did look like Tootsie, like as a lot of guys do in drag, but that's okay. You know, <laughs> we can't all be Julia Roberts when we put on a wig. <laughs> I will yeah. say, seeing the guy dressed as Princess Diana in the revenge dress, she just looked like she was telling somebody about how hard her life has been, like by the right. action. 
So we're like, oh my God. Like and I'm just like, I'm just going to pretend that it's Princess Diana over there having the best time ever. Um, <laughs> and then I was dressed as the Witcher. Um, right. but you know it's a it's a gay party so I was like the witcher but like the witcher in a tank top with like a harness and uh so oops mm-hmm. and um and Paul was dressed originally Paul was going to be dressed as Jaskier the bard from uh-huh. also from the witcher and then it sort of you know we ended up morphing his costume and he ended up being Renly Baratheon because that's the crown he has but because <laughs> Paul was more recognizable as Renly funny. Baratheon than I was as the witcher Everyone kept being like, are you Daenerys? Because like my hair is really light and I like up. It's Daenerys. Oh <laughs> and after a while, God. I was just like, yeah, I'm Daenerys. You know, that famous, oh. couple, that famous exactly... couple from Game of Thrones, Daenerys yeah. and, and, uh, and <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> I, the, one other thing I'll say about this, it was a great, wonderful weekend. We did lots of fun things, but I discovered that the Witcher wig, he has like a top knot, like ponytail. And mm. you can't tell me that I was not a supermodel whipping that hair around. Just oh, yeah. The top oh, yeah. Feel very... I'm visualizing it now. Oh, I, I felt very beautiful. It. Yeah. But I mean, like a witcher scar on. It was great. It was, it was it was totally a great weekend. We had a lot of fun. So. And then on Tuesday, I, you know, I just handed out candy at our house. And Paul was kind of like, he, he came and joined me for, for at the end of it. But um, for the first half an hour, it was just like me handing out candy by myself on the porch and I, that's a weird look, I'll tell you. Uh, just a single guy <laughs> being like, mm. you want candy at my house? It yeah. felt very yeah. strange. Yeah. Because nobody's yeah. knocking on your door in Philly. They're like, you, they expect you to be on your stoop, basically. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. They're not going to knock not, on your door. We're not knocking on doors that. here in Philadelphia. No. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. My favorite costume I saw was a little girl dressed as a refrigerator. I mean, she must have been like, I don't know, eight years old or something, maybe around that age, but just like a very realistic refrigerator, just a box around her. And it had all the details. It had like the the warning sign on the back. It had a magnetic uh, calendar on the side. It was very detailed refrigerator. (laughs) Just walking around town as a refrigerator. (laughs) So... I saw a fair amount of Star Trek costumes too. I saw a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, Spocks, a couple Kirks, and then towards the end of the evening, as we were walking down Commercial Street, I saw one of the most realistic Borg costumes I've ever seen in real life. Oh wow! This guy was so committed to it; he was just by himself, being like walking through, and then he let me take his picture, but he wouldn't like verbalize anything beyond because Borg don't talk like that, obviously. Right? Yeah, he was Um, method. He was in it to win it. I mean, he even Actual had like Actual Borg. He had like the full, like, yeah. I mean, if this were, um, you know, a a, t- a TV movie or something that they made for Star Trek, they would be like, well, this guy looks like one of the Borg. And then he would be like, Shh, right in my neck. And I would be yeah, yeah. <laughs> running yeah. right along. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, honestly, that would make it all my choices for me. Never alone. Doesn't sound bad, you know? <laughs> it doesn't sound bad when you put it that way. No. You put it that way. Mm-hmm. But hey, we're not here to talk about Halloween. What are we here to talk about? We are here to talk about Star Trek. Woo! Specifically two episodes of Star Trek and specifically to start the nth degree, a great next generation episode. Um, and so it's actually season four, episode 19. I apologize. I inverted the six to the nine to a six, but it's the 19th episode of the fourth season featuring the wonderful character Reginald Barkley. Now, uh, this is his second appearance. This is his second appearance? Just number two. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. He appears, he appears once before in the season three episode uh, called uh, Hollow Pursuits. Yeah. When, uh, he, where, when he's, where he's high as, <laughs> hollow addiction is, uh, is the, 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 the term they call it. 
being uh, being such addicted. such a strong to... character. You feel like he's just there all the time, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I am the goddess of love. I am here. To... <laughs> Whatever Deanna Troy has to yeah. say. Yeah. So good. Um. Well, good. Well, I'll I'll talk through this episode, and then we can we can discuss what we what we think about it. Um. <clears throat> so the Enterprise is sent to investigate the shutdown of the Argus Array, a deep space telescope and radio antenna. Jordy LaForge and Lieutenant Reginald Barkley take a shuttlecraft to examine the array closely. Discovering the presence of an alien probe nearby, the probe fires a pulse as they near it, disabling the shuttlecraft and knocking out Barkley. The Enterprise crew recovers the shuttle and are forced to destroy the probe when it follows the ship, believing the Argus array was affected by a similar pulse. Barkley recovers, but the crew finds him much more intelligent than before. His IQ <laughs> continues to increase, and LaForge finds that he has spent the night in a holodeck arguing quantum physics with Albert Einstein. <laughs> the array starts to undergo a series of catastrophic failures. Barkley, with his newfound intelligence, casually explains how they can use the Enterprise computers to prevent the failures in only two days. Much to his colleagues' disbelief. Barclay's solution works temporarily, but the failure rate increases, and Barclay finds the Enterprise computer too slow to keep up with it. He goes to the holodeck and creates a device that allows him to interact directly with the Enterprise and array computer systems, putting an end to the array's failures. The crew finds that Barclay has become too integrated with the computer, and when they try to shut down the computer, Barclay sends the ship into a subspace inversion, sending the ship across a great distance at a velocity significantly faster than conventional warp drive. Though nobody turns into lizards and, and uh, you know makes babies. Anyway, that's a digression. Mm. They arrive enough at the... to figure they out folded... how not to do that. Yeah, they fold in space. They didn't have to go to it's warp ten. It's different. It's different. It's different. It's <laughs> different. They arrive at the center of the Milky Way galaxy and are met by a representative of a race of beings called the Cytherians, who are far more advanced than humans and find amusement in their bipedal locomotion and hierarchical collective command structure. <laughs> they free Barkley from the computer and minus his heightened intelligence. He arrives on the bridge to help explain what happened. The Cytherians are friendly explorers like the Federation, but instead of traveling to meet other races, they have launched probes that convey the necessary technical knowledge for other beings to come to them. The probe was unable to reprogram the Argus Array or the Enterprise shuttlecraft, causing them to fail, but it was able to reprogram Barkley, giving him the power to accomplish the task. <clears throat> The Enterprise stays with the Cytherians for 10 days, exchanging knowledge that will take decades to fully understand. The Cytherians then return to the Enterprise to the Argus Array. Barkley finds himself back to normal, although he keeps vivid memories of his temporary transformation and can play chess well, even though he has never played before. <laughs> and can play chess well. They left him chess. That's they left the him chess. That's about it. Um, and that is the nth degree. One, I will say this is one of my more favorite episodes of, of this series. Yeah, this I think it's I think it's one of the best episodes. Pop. Super fun. Yeah, and it really does hit all of the different spots we like about this series. I think you know highlight their that the, the avocations they're able to have on the enterprise that not other you know like you know we're like in like yeah. three years of dominion war in deep space nine where no one is really getting to do right. a lot of fun things mm -hmm. and, and here they're this, like <laughs> we can take acting classes we can literally take acting mm -hmm. classes yeah perform mm -hmm. in front of the senior officers <laughs> i feel to, like to mixed reviews <laughs> to yeah. mixed review yes <laughs> i feel like um you know, I love this episode. I think this is great fun. I think Barkley is great fun. Uh, always, this is maybe one of his best appearances. Um, 
uh, it's funny when you compare this to his first episode that he appears in, because, um, you know, that episode is very much like, this guy's weird, and he's awkward and uncomfortable and everything, and he's going to the holodeck and everything, but but everyone around him is just like, oh, I don't understand this guy. Jordy has, is at his most unlikable because he dislikes Barkley, and, and um, it's, it's really fun to kind of have that turn on its head. I feel like even though later on in this episode, he really, uh, Barkley definitely does. Um, I think he makes some missteps, you know, like he, uh, you know, potentially endangers the ship for a little bit and everything and, you know, kind of uh, <laughs> takes control of it, all that kind of stuff. I feel like yeah. the first half of this episode might as well be called like stay in your lane, you know, stay in your where, lane, it's like, Barkley. where it's like, yeah, exactly. There's, there's, there's a lot of like, well, you know, I suddenly have ideas to do this. And everyone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, 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 you know, yeah. you, 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 is... we don't get ideas from you. We like, are in me. a hierarchy command structure so you have collective to command structure collective <laughs> co so you can't just go talk to the captain okay yes. like you mm -hmm. can't just jump over your boss and talk to your boss's boss that is not how we do things on this ship that was kind of aggravating from a hierarchical collective command structure point of view person as such <laughs> sure. as sure. i am well i think I also said, it could be yeah it makes you wonder if you thought they thought that maybe he was having some sort of manic episode because it sort of yeah. was presenting in that way. Got a lot of great ideas. I'm yelling them to anyone who will listen, you know, kind of thing. I I think Dwight Schultz is just a brilliant actor because you just the evolution of his his character from scene to scene was just so fun to watch because it didn't just change. Yeah. It wasn't just a complete change right away every scene was a little bit more and more yeah and um what well, i don't know who directed it but that's good for the director too because they don't shoot scenes in order right. so that was also yeah. i must have been directed well too because you have to know what happened just before then because you're not shooting those scenes in order so um, it was it was directed by robert legato Good job, Robert Legato. Good job, Robert. Mm -hmm. Well done. Mm -hmm. Well done. Um, yeah, and and um, he he does a really good job of pitching his performance, you know, in each of these individual scenes, especially because I feel like, you know, from an acting standpoint, I think it can be sometimes challenging to do. There's a difference between my performance. There's a difference between, you know, uh, a performance of, uh, I have all these ideas in my head. I'm struggling to kind of get them out. And I'm a little bit frazzled and a little bit manic. It's very easy to slide into, I look like I'm on drugs, you know? Uh, you know, I look like I'm unbalanced. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And he does a really good job of really suggesting the former and modulating it from scene to scene. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about this in relation to the Lower Decks episode because I feel like there's some fun fun parallels there sure. with the uh megalomaniacal uh ai yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know for sure for sure um i do think this story also has like a, a flowers for algernon kind of feeling to it oh very much <laughs> i mean you know obviously it's different a different set of circumstances but certainly uh briefly experiencing the 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 unique capabilities of being a super genius and then it being mm -hmm. sort of slowly taken, yeah. well, taken away from you, you know, him, it's crazy him and badgie just completely understood the nature of the universe right at some point like that is, the, that is the thing that made me think of aware. these episodes together yeah 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 <clears throat> um i say keep them in there why take them out leave them let's have right. a let's they really have a barkley chip <laughs> 
yeah they could have gone everywhere and i i also really enjoyed um you know him the, the, when people talk about how he's changed deanna troy's like well he did make a pass at me a good one. A good one. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, that is a thing. That she she enjoys it. I, I love the fact that, you know, she she's not going to take him up on it. You know, no. she's but she's not offended. By well, because it, it was a, a good it was a good pass. Like yes. that yes. was the surprising yes. thing. Not that he made a pass, but <laughs> it was an actually good pass. Well, and, that, and that falls, that falls the to the, the important definition of flirting, which is Flirting yeah. is when you've managed to achieve making the other person feel sexy and good about themselves and not bad. Yeah. Yes. There's a way to flirt that's like gross and disgusting. And this is a good way to do it. Mm. You know, like, hey, yeah, walk with me in the arboretum. I love that. If I had an arboretum, I would use that line all the damn time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, I mean, yeah. Get yourself an arboretum, buddy. I guess. I don't have a lot of need. To, I'm not really hitting on a lot of people in that way anymore. Mm. You got to just say that's my Paul. Trot. Yeah, I'll just say it to Paul. Yeah, I'll be like, "Hey, <laughs> do you walk in the arboretum?" And by that I mean our uh, rat-infested concrete backyard, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> um, the Cyrano scene at the beginning, I really enjoyed. Um, the acting within acting. For, oh, I love it. The layers. Uh, the la- so many layers. Um, and uh, Deanna says, "You're not just acting." You're interacting. Yes. <laughs> but once true. again, we have data being obsessed with the techniques. Even here, yeah. he's like, well, that wasn't based in Meisner, what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, clearly not method. I don't understand. Didn't we review some other episode where data was talking about why well, I didn't use the Vulcan technique of yeah. this and that, you know? Um, yeah. Very funny. I love that they explore theater on the show <laughs> well they have a bunch of theater actors so it makes yeah makes a whole lot of sense. yeah and picard teaching data shakespeare is pretty awesome um right yeah i love picard's nonchalance as a captain just very in this episode it's very much like okay here's a starfleet captain he's trained for this all sorts of nonsense happens every day he's just gonna lean back in his really comfy recliner on he's going to readjust his, uh, his top like he's, readjust, he's like <laughs> well i'm open to suggestions what do you got yeah. like uh it also seemed maybe clear to me that like patrick stewart was this was like a light episode for him they're like you know we're gonna yeah. give you a, little, a couple days off we need you the beginning yeah. of the week the end of the week but you're probably go to you know go to balboa island enjoy yourself the, you know? the line that i liked and i like that they kept having to turn off the communication so that the ship couldn't hear them but the line that i liked was picard said this is an intolerable situation and he said it just <laughs> sort of flatly like that well on one hand i don't want to kill uh <laughs> reginald barkley <laughs> You know what Paul said? We were watching it last night, and Paul was like, you know what Janeway would have done? She'd have just killed him. She would have right. just killed him. And so that's eventually, right. that's why Picard just, was like, just go yeah. unplug, right. unplug him. Unplug him. We can't him. Yeah. do this anymore. This is too much. And right. she would have said, and why aren't we salamanders? Yeah. <laughs> right. Isn't She's that like, a I was little... promised salamander babies. <laughs> yeah. Right. I I got the feeling watching this, though, that they didn't trust Barkley to take over the ship which I understand because again, you never know when you're going to get subjugated. Uh, sure. Lower bing, decks. Bing. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, if you just gave up some of this 
hierarchical command structure, you would just be like, oh, wow, we're going to learn how to fold space and go different places really fast. Cool. Let's yeah. go do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it becomes the movie Event Horizon where they fold space <laughs> and find hell. Oh, no. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, uh, dangerous. I, I'm glad it's not this episode, but that was something I would truly love to see like a story that begins this way where it's like i'm evolving into um you know into something more i'm going to take us to amazing places um and then unfortunately that happens and it's like oh crap i shouldn't have done that you know yeah i i I would enjoy that uh but i'm glad this episode doesn't end that way really well i mean when i went and saw event horizon they were billing it as a this is in the movie theater as a teenager they had been billing it as a sci-fi film so sure. I did not know I was going in to see a horror movie. Yeah. And it really, did not, I did not enjoy the switcheroo yeah. on that one. I was looking yeah. for a long Star Trek episode and I got something real different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blood pouring from the vents. Sure. <clears throat> don't like um, it. Don't love it. Don't like it. Um, one other line I really <laughs> liked. How do you feel about hell, young viewer? It's like, ah, oh, not a fan. Not good. How do, you, how do you feel about Sam Neill? Like, well, I like that. So I don't know. I yeah, guess but I'll he's, stay. he's the one like doing all the hell shit. Like he's he, yeah, anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's not, <laughs> it's not good. Um the other line I really like, this is this is once again, I love all the lines by all the ladies, but um, you know, when he comes back and he does the scene again and it's incredible. And Beverly Crusher through tears is like it's a real improvement. Yeah. <laughs> She's so crying. Bad. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I, I thought she like those so were real tears. This episode. Yeah, that are. was, and they used that nice soft filter on her yeah. to make it e- the effect even better. Beverly always. Her. She's watching Dwight act yeah. and he's actually eliciting tears. From yeah. She is, can refresh my memory too, like um, this episode I just watched, but she's not in uniform, right? She's in, she's in regular clothes, I think. Yeah. When, whenever yeah. she's on in the, in like her actor's workshop, in, in, she's, in, not, yeah, she, <laughs> she's not they, in uniform. I am going to say they, they always pick good, you know, non-uniform clothes for Beverly, specifically Beverly. Oh Lewis. yeah. And, and I say that because there are plenty of other characters who are not so lucky, I think. No, she always gets stuff that looks like cute and futuristic, but still really like body conscious and beautiful and, and practical, you know? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> like the outfit they gave her at the after she and Picard had been mentally linked and they had their yes. breakfast and she's like in like a weird half prawn dress kind of thing. It's yeah. a weird yeah. Yeah. She goes to breakfast in her prom dress. <laughs> it's fine. She's like, remember when I could read your thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> Are you reading mine? Okay. Um, hmm. Would you like to read my? Never mind, I won't. Anyway, oh. um, <laughs> they should have stayed together. That bummed me out. That bummed me out that they wrote that they were apart for so long. I just bummed me out. Really Beverly, Beverly's character was like isolated out. for like two decades. I don't love that. Yeah, funny. why would they yeah. do that to Beverly? Why would they do that to her? Yeah, I. I, I wonder if like I forget if we talked about this at the time, but like um with the new season of Picard, I think that was like the first time they mentioned Beverly um was this most recent season. And obviously she yeah. plays a big part, but I think in season one and two, they make a point of not bringing her up, I think, to yeah. such a degree that like I wonder if they kind of reverse engineered that whole history for her in the sense like well we got to explain why picard has not mentioned her you know well over- they might have been afraid to say anything because you can't take it back once yeah. you say yeah, it becomes so. that's true yeah yeah. <clears throat> yeah i was listening to a podcast this is sort of related but i was listening to a podcast today where a comedian was talking about how they did a scene with some muppets and they were saying basically you're not really allowed to 
improv about them or around them because they have such like strict canon for the Muppets. You can't be like, well, and then of course, remember when Gonzo worked on that, uh, you know, that brewery? It's like, no, you can't say that. That never happened. You know, they, they're very specific <laughs> about what is true for these these characters. Even if it's something, even if it's something that like is real, that like was in a previous movie, or just like if you're just completely riffing and making up, like I think if you're just completely riffing, yeah, yeah. okay, okay, which yeah. I mean makes sense, but sure, um, it's just very interesting. Um, all about the IP, all about the IP, but um, mm. no, I do, I do really, I do, I did really enjoy this episode. They maybe, they maybe overused the joke of like, well. He did that. He'd never done that before. He's a genius. Like we, oh, we yeah, get it. We, mm-hmm. we picked up on it, that. He played it the violin. It does make sense knowing that this was only his second episode, so it would have to really remind people who this guy I was, see. you know, to thinking about it that way. Because Deanna had that whole scene with him where she was pretty much describing what happened in the last right uh, episode yes. he was in. <laughs> and then you were addicted and then you had a problem and then i was <laughs> yeah um yeah no i agree but yeah but overall i mean uh, uh talk about separating art from the artist though i mean weren't you the one who was saying michael oh, that dwight schultz oh, does not yeah. have some great politics no yeah he's like a regular um um he was i what was that like really really conservative like uh radio network that there was at one point what was oh oh radio america yeah i forget i forget what it was basically but i i I believe he was like a regular contributor on there and like he's i believe he's he's very much like a a, a maga republican and all that kind of stuff like like, yeah like very (sighs) very like you know like oh you should be i'm all for expression but you should be expressing yourself a little bit less i think that's why yeah. you just don't want to mm-hmm. know. I just don't want it. Like, uh, just well, we'll pretend it's not true. I, I'm sorry, we made that all up, Carrie. That's all lies. I'm talking just about yeah. Reginald Barkley and his acting skills. Really great. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, and now see yeah, nothing is... else about the man. I'm just saying he's a good actor. Very impressive. Yeah. Would have liked to see more of him. We can, yeah, exactly. I think that uh, you know, one, we can all concur about that. <laughs> sometimes one of the most interesting things about media is how sometimes incredible work can be done by people that you find distasteful, you know? So, yeah. Um, prime example. Yeah, yeah, prime example. That's exactly right. And the other prime example, Dame Edna. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, good. Thank goodness. Okay. Well, I do, I, don't, I, do think, I do think Barry Humphreys was like, did not have like great opinions about trans people but he is a very um, old person who's dead now and so i mean you know, you know. yeah you gotta cut him not slack but like you know like it, it's very very basically just like well i get it you're you know i you're not keeping up with the times i can i can give right a little yeah, bit of you, you've turned there. off your your you've stopped getting your regular updates from uh you from know the what server, you know yeah <laughs> you know what there's old people and then there's old people you know what i mean oh true yeah definitely <laughs> Like, like, like Shatner, your mom being like, give me a damn like, seat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like Shatner, for example, is an old person of my, the you know, my mom will go on about her bursitis. So give her a seat. So give her a damn seat. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure, sure. Damn seat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, well, you know, I mean, sometimes yeah. like, and I'm not naming names here, but like, I'm, you know, uh, but like sometimes there's a particular kind kind of person who you know they express their opinions and like if they're, if they're a certain age, 
you get kind of set because like it's very much just like you know i think this i think that by the way my my children and grandchildren don't come see me anymore and i'm just like right uh, mm-hmm. but you know like i feel i feel bad you know but also i think i know what happened mm-hmm. yeah yeah it makes me admit yeah it, you know it is it, families are tough i will say i'll give you a fun little anecdote of something that's unrelated to to politics or anything like that but i'm on a family thread right now for thanksgiving but my aunt accidentally included a stranger of, <laughs> of some kind i don't know it's like all those numbers and the number we don't have and this person like every few texts it's like it's like oh i'll bring the mashed potatoes i'm gonna bring dessert and this guy's like i'm not related to this group <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm gonna i'm gonna come in and i'm gonna make bread is like please remove me from this thread oh you know what can i bring my boyfriend please remove me from this nobody thread. is removing <laughs> this guy from the thread well i don't think my aunt knows how to do it and so it's yeah. this like comedy of errors and then the last thing that happened is that my guy's mom... gonna show up at your dinner <laughs> that guy's gonna show up well he he tried to like explain to my aunt how to remove him which she was like we're trying and then my mom was responding to what my aunt had said and then his last message was just full caps please remove me from this thread but for a uh-huh. second i was like this guy's yelling at my mom gotta fight him i was like no 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 he's just frustrated let it go we're just it's gonna be fine start a new thread guys well i mean start that is exactly one. that i would have done it had i uh, there's a few numbers <laughs> i don't have on there so i i can't do it myself so my aunt has to sort oh of my god get on it but yeah, it's just it's like come on funny. people come on people get it together come on people this guy does not want to know the inner workings of both our family and the kind of food we're making for Thanksgiving, mm. which, by the way, is just basic fucking Thanksgiving stuff. Nothing crazy. Um, although I will make challah bread because I make that for everything. Um, but anyway, on that note, that's a good little, you know, pivot digression mm. into the other episode we're here to speak about, which is A Few Badgies More from Lower Deck Season 4. Um, and I'll just give you a description of that episode. Uh, we open and Badgie overrides a Drukmani ship before encountering a Binar ship, encountering Binar ship remains from an earlier attack by the mysterious vessel. The Cerritos answers the Binar distress call and Badgie attacks them. <clears throat> Rutherford and Mariner beam aboard the ship. Rutherford apologizes to Badgie and Badgie's cognitive dissonance over his love for Rutherford causes him to keep his vengeful code and shunt his good code into another good version called Gucci. <laughs> Badgie then relays his code to every ship in the Federation, planning to destroy everything, but the process makes him omniscient, and he realizes the petulance of his uh, anger, apologizing before ascending to a higher state of being. Incredible. Uh, Rutherford incorporates Gucci into a Federation guidance system. Meanwhile, Tendi and Boimler go to the Daystrom Institute to oversee Peanut Hamper's rehabilitation and to gather Agumus's alleged intelligence on the mysterious vessel. Peanut Hamper and Agumus secretly plot their escape using these ruses, but Agumus realizes upon his escape that Peanut Hamper has abandoned him. He locates her on a surface vessel where she reveals she really has reformed and only plotted with him because she enjoyed their friendship. He resolves to truly reform at the Institute so he can later join her. He gives Boimler intel showing that the attacked ships have not been destroyed, but rather they were stolen. And that is A Few Badgies More. A Few Badgies More. Log- we forgot about Logicy. Logicy, yes, yeah, so that's right, that's right, that's right. Logicy, poor Logicy gave his life. Yeah. <laughs> Sacrificed yeah. himself. But he knew the logic of it. So the logic was sound. 
electrical sound. sound. <laughs> uh, my favorite, my favorite part of that was how uh, B- Badgie was booping the Cerritos. I booped you. I booped you on the nose. <laughs> and then Shax goes, "We can't take any more boops." <laughs> I like that. that part. I can't let my friends get booped to death. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I, I I did enjoy. Um, I do. I enjoy the uh, you know, the the chemistry that Boimler has with with Adjimus. I enjoyed that that sort of you know, push and pull yeah. they have there. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun kidnapping. Um, and Tendi just loved playing in the sand. Right. And Boimler was like, "Let's just see how this plays out." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, we could we could escape at any time. So let's just play along. Uh, and how quickly he subjugated that planet was hysterical it was like <laughs> right wow you did that real fast <laughs> well once you take over the coastal cities it's kind of true <laughs> um i enjoyed that very much i also enjoyed seeing the binars i love the binars they are yep. you yes. know, a great next gen so throwback fun. um i love that about lower decks that they can they're able to bring back these ridiculous uh, alien races that we've seen just maybe once and we never talked about them ever again, but Lower Decks can bring them back. Yeah, it's so good. I guess they would not really be able to be brought into other series, really. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Outside of a the, cartoon situation. The Binars, I feel, were their strongest uh, creation. I thought that would, they were kind of weird. Well, the binars yeah. are the reason that we have um, Commander Riker's ultimate love, right? Didn't they create minuet? A... Minuet, yeah. That's true. They created minuet. Now I remember. But what were they trying to do? They're trying to distract him so that they could steal the ship or steal something. I forget. So they could steal the Enterprise, yeah, with Riker. And and do what with it? Because it wasn't like that nefarious. No, they were trying to save their oh, home yeah. world because of a, I think a system crash, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I um, I watched this episode recently. I think I remember, I remember the, um, well, it's very 1980s TV writers writing about computers, which is to say, um, you know, um, <laughs> not, you know. Not right. yeah, it doesn't really hold up that in, much. Isn't that <laughs> funny that they, they're binars because it's like they speak in binary code because like computers, you guys. Right, it's exactly. Funny. Yeah, yeah. And there's, because like, there's two of them, you need two of them. It's like, yeah, it's really funny. Mm-hmm. That's really mm-hmm. funny, They guys. speak in binary code and yet they can create a character who's got the perfect mid-Atlantic accent. Well, that's a lot. Of, <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of ones and zeros. You can do anything you want as long as you have enough ones and zeros. And she's like, I see you've got a trombone there. Can you really yeah. blow? I was like, wow, okay. You know. Oh, that reminds me of a thought that I had from the 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 Barkley episode we just watched. He was able to put everything together just based on information that they already had, which I, I thought was interesting. It's like, oh, the knowledge is already out there. You mean you just for, need to put it together correctly to travel to the to the where the um, yeah floating and, heads were and how he knew how to make to increase the warp speed three hundred percent. He was like, well, all you had to do was move this and do that and do a couple of equations. It was like, okay, well, we didn't need to add anything different. We didn't need to invent well, anything did, new. It was he just, did it though. He literally had to because they were like, she was. He was like, build this thing, and the computer's like, I don't know how to do that. He's like, well, 
just listen and I'll describe it to you. <laughs> you yeah, <know>? yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, you're right. But it, I just had this sort of profound thought like, wow, all of the answers are there. We yeah, just need to put them together. <laughs> <laughs> bit by bit, putting it bit together. Yeah, we should we should definitely do that. So, yeah. Get it so together that's that way. what happened on, that's what, with the binar, guys, that's like with the binars. They just put a bunch of ones and zeros together. It's all that you need. That's all that you need. Yeah, there you and go. you can do anything. Where did um, we see the Drew Kamani before? This was a lower decks created. They were yeah, a lower decks created episode. I think they were. Weren't they the same alien race that picked up? Yeah, they're scavengers. Yeah. Or yeah. Mm, okay. Mm, we claim salvage. I love that. Salvage, salvagers. Yes, yeah, salvage. Salvage. Yes. We. Cl I claim salvage on this. No, I claim salvage. <laughs> um, when one of them gets affected by bad GTO, I, I think one of them says, "Like, I hold, hold still. I'm going to try to salvage you." Like, which I think is really funny. Like, that's their... <laughs> they look to salvage. Oh no, he salvaged you. Yeah, that's what um, he said. Yeah, he salvaged yeah, you. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, he was a little Borg-like just then. He turned it, it, into a little bit of a Borg. He did have Borg vibes. You know, you, you guys know who the voice of Badgie is, though, right? Oh, yeah. it's uh, Jack McBrayer. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had Jack McBrayer in this episode. We had Jeffrey Combs. Um, I don't know who plays Peanut Hamper. I she sounds like Kristen Schaal, but she is not. Uh, but she's she a like Kristen Schaal sounding voice. She's Heather Donahue, who I remember from uh the show the show uh, You're the Worst, I believe. Mm. Heather Donahue, um, said? Heather Heather Donahue, K. Oh, Heather. With a K. Yeah. Okay. Well, she she did a great job as always. <clears throat> this mm -hmm. peanut hamper. I did. I think my favorite peanut hamper hamper episode will always be the one where she infiltrates that bird, you know, um, yeah. group of people, and then uh, pretends to be all fixed, and then she's like, "Forget you guys." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's they were so in love. Like falls in love. And, yeah. Man, yeah. what a heartbreak. What a heartbreak for yeah. that hot bird guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That bird love scene is just still that that is that that is an all it's, it's quite good. <laughs> bird love scene. Oh my god. Um and again there was the koala at the end when yes. he went and opened dimensions and went into another dimension. There was that koala that's like a running gag. So before lower decks yeah. ends, we need to see the koala. Like the koala needs to talk. Yeah, like, like we gotta What's pay up it with off. That? Yeah. We need another koala. Yeah, I want to like look it up. What's with the smiling koala? I mean, there's a whole article about it I could read right now, but I don't know if I want to, you know. <laughs> They're saying oh, that yeah. the, do you, do you want me to tell you what they say or no? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Tell, what does the internet say? The internet screen rant is saying, <clears throat> um, the koala serves as a gatekeeper between life and death, as seen when Lieutenant Junior Grade Brad Boimler encounters it after dying in the latest episode. So this must have been right after um, he died yeah. when he had the, his first command, basically. Mike Lower Deck creator Mike McMahon confirms that the series, including the cosmic koala, is canon within the Star Trek universe. Of course, yeah. <laughs> so uh, death koala is canon. Okay, cool. Cosmic koala. Cosmic koala is canon. <clears throat> It would hardly be the most embarrassing or odd thing that is canon in the Star Trek universe. That's what I should have been for Halloween. Cosmic Koala? Cosmic yeah. Koala, that's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would be Luoxana Troy, but I just know no one would get it where I was. 
I'm mm. going to go for like, you know, sexy dude Halloween stuff. Sexy Maybe I'll go with, you know, I just so many years ago was like a, a big drag character. And I'm just like, I'm not getting the male attention I was looking for at this game party. Mm. Like, somehow. Mm. Um, so I, I'm trying to learn my lessons. You know what I mean? <laughs> Why are no guys hitting on me? (laughs) Marie Antoinette. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Although I was thinking after after uh, all the Homestar Run references earlier, a fun group group um, Halloween costume would be Teen Girl Squad. I wouldn't be mad about that. Mm. Um, What's her face? So and so, the ugly one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) The ugly one. So good. Arrowed. Anyway, um, you know, you just keep, keep like, dying. It'd be so fun. It would be a lot of fun to be Teen Girl Squad. Um, I have a crush on every boy. Because I just love the laziness that they all have the same voice, too. Like, he does not do any different voice for all four of them. Um, but that's a different cartoon. That's not Lower Decks, which is what we're talking about right now. I apologize for the digression. Um, I also love the... <laughs> The red to blue, um, red is oh, evil, yeah. blue is good. And you all, you heard like sort of the USB connecting sound. I can't, it was like a <laughs> bloop. <laughs> Change. I also like the, the the movie that the robots were watching, which was just like them, the robot, like with a dog, like getting along yeah. really well. <laughs> They're trying to like yeah. rehabilitate them through propaganda movies. It's great. Yeah. Or the um, or the self help circle <laughs> that they're doing when they first arrive at the Daystrom Institute that was really funny too. <laughs> yes, that was very good. That was very. Good. I I'm really rooting for those AI machines. I'm really rooting for them. You hear that, machines? We're rooting for you. I, I hope they do well. <laughs> define define well. Like, um, <laughs> I want them to. You know, I don't want them to die. I also don't want to die either. And uh, if there's a conflict yeah. between those two, uh, well, we might have issues. But so know, do you? How, okay. So do you think we're going to see bad G again? Will we see good G again? Um, uh, I think so. <clears throat> Maybe we'll see bad G with the great koala at the end of the series. Yeah. When everyone, I think we'll know. see. Yeah, I think we'll see logicy again too. Honestly, uh, this show is never one to kind of pass up. You know something funny that worked that they can that they can call back to. Yeah, and Jack true. McBrayer is the best. So oh yeah, so good at Badgie. What a great character. <laughs> oh, I saw my I saw one of my friends who was on Thirty Rock this weekend. Um, do you guys, oh, you guys yeah? watch Thirty Rock? Yeah, we watched that. We so did. I saw my bu- right, I saw my. <laughs> yes. I saw my buddy who plays who played Jeffrey Wienerslave. <laughs> oh my god do you remember her her um what was it her her um sexual harassment counselor whatever at a, at a <laughs> but yeah he and i tour, did the chicago tour and so i was like hey oh, todd it's good to see you and then my, my friend byron was like my friend byron was like that's jeffrey wiener slave i was like yeah that's his name's todd let's <laughs> let's not call <laughs> someone wiener slave at this gay party todd is better I mean, maybe todd you is can yeah. todd is maybe better yeah. Yeah. Uh, Todd, Todd Wiener slave. No, Todd Wiener slave. I mean, honestly, probably would answer to that too. But um, you know, what can you do? Um... <laughs> it's a fun claim to fame. Yeah, definitely. 
anybody um do you do you guys have any final thoughts about like the connection of these two episodes you know see what, what it's like to see so many different beings ascend to a higher level of consciousness i always i mean i always enjoy that aspect of star trek in general because it happens a lot where characters evolve whether they're aliens you know turning mm. into like <laughs> little creatures of light or whether it's human beings who temporarily you know go to a new consciousness and then have to you know, turn back, you know, even uh, Janeway and Harris turning into salamanders, I think technically yeah. qualifies. And I always just really enjoy how, you know, one of my favorite things about Star Trek is the amazing things that happen and how it gets combined with like, just kind of like, kind of just another day in the office, not in a way that kind of diminishes what's going on, but in a way that kind of, you know, like the weirdest part of the job type thing. So I just yeah. really enjoy, you know, like just, I, I sometimes I just would love to get a, a, a peek at like Picard's like log entry, you know, that's, that goes beyond what you mm -hmm. hear about it, you know, in the, uh, in, uh, on the voiceover, because you have to imagine that just like, and then Ca Commander Barkley was acting very, Lieutenant Barkley was acting very strangely, um, you know, and, and, uh, and by all, by, by all reports, he performed admirably, uh, you know, during, uh, during one of Beverly's plays. And then all of a sudden he commandeered the holodeck. Uh, and, and you have to, you have to wonder, when he's yeah. submitting these to Starfleet Command, are people just like, ooh, Picard wrote up another good one. This is crazy. <laughs> or are they basically yeah. just like, oh my God, I'm so sick of hearing, you know, stories about uh, starships basically where, you know, one of the lieutenants um, started to evolve into like a higher, more intelligent being and, you know, and, and, and commandeered the ship and took them to the center of the galaxy. We get it. You guys have lots of cool fun and I'm stuck at a starbase. <laughs> cool. We get it. I it happens on every ship. It must. It's like yeah. they just exchange stories at you know conferences, I suppose. Um, we forgot to mention how cool the giant floating head oh, was. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> and yet, also, also, head. still like uh, absolutely just a seventy-year-old actor being like, "Oh, yeah. wait, oh, you oh <laughs> interesting, <laughs> interesting. What do we have here? Bipedal motion. Oh." <laughs> He definitely seemed like he could be cast in some sort of like 80s production of Lord of the Rings is like a oh yeah sort of some kind. Uh and I would not bat my eyes at it. But they did that yeah, they did the classic Star Trek thing. They were like, we don't want them to be human, so slap some shit on their forehead and let's yeah. keep it pumping. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> just put it on the forehead. I mean, he's just Boom. a head, so now you, yeah. you just gotta do it. Just gotta put do some it. crystals on his forehead. No, the thing about uh, transcending to a higher plane of existence is that you can't like you can't either you are fixed and you come back down like Barkley or we never see you again because you're too powerful. Like we don't, we can't work with you. And so like really, we can't would we consider Mbenga's daughter having done that as well since she's with that other alien that like, I, so I would, I would, yeah, I would partial credit that. at least on that and one. Yeah, I yeah. would give also credit to Kess on Voyager who had yes. to yeah. fly off. Who because is alive. Just, she's totally alive. She's alive. <laughs> As of That's this my recording. My fault. Yeah, she's alive. Um, so, yeah, and just like them, we can't, they got to go. We can't work with them anymore. Yeah. It's too much. They, we, there's no, yeah. I always, I always wonder how it was like, well, this person, they evolved. Well, Michael, you're cutting oh, out there. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me? I can hear yeah, you now. I yeah, can. yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I I just say I, I don't know what the ramifications are. Just like, well, you know, this 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 person they evolved to a you know higher plane, so you're not going to see them anymore. Basically, like, oh wow, so is there a body? Like, no, no, there's no body. Like, 
Hmm, how convenient. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, cool. You know, yeah. It, my my wife, who I was fighting with, that's she right. went to a higher plane of existence. That's and, right, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. That's why there's it no makes, body. That's why you'll never I find a body. Too. I mean, there is no body, right? I I don't I'm not a smart, I'm just a regular person. I'm not a smart, smart person, but I'm smart enough to know that I don't know stuff, right? Yeah. So, but the more I know, the more I'm going to realize that all of this is pointless. <laughs> this is meaningless. Why are we doing anything? You I'm mean just, just existence at all. Well, just, <laughs> just like, what am I? What are we even doing with our lives? Everyone, you know, mm-hmm. you guys don't know because you're on a different plane of existence than me. Right, right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. Mm-hmm. right. <laughs> So you can't possibly comprehend what I'm saying. Like, what am I, what are we even doing here, guys? Right. What are we even doing here? So is that mm-hmm. your final thought? What are we even doing? Here? What are we even doing here? <laughs> and some, and then I say to myself, how did I get here? If nothing matters, does that mean everything matters? Right. If everything matters, does that mean nothing matters? Guys. And what is the difference between it, jelly and jam? And what is the difference? Is it... Sh- gelatin is, mm. is it well, sugar you can't, you can't jelly uh never mind there's a hole it's a bit it's a bit it's, it's that's it's a, it's a that's <laughs> that's the 101 oh god <laughs> that's the 101 question the 201 question is what's the difference between ketchup and catsup oh what's that uh i believe there's no difference no there's definitely a difference no there's no difference no there is a difference no it's just a different way of saying the word no no Mine was just a dirty joke we heard on my our right. <laughs> because the, well, the punchline is you can't. This is very blue, and I apologize to anyone. Yeah, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. You can't jelly a dick up. <laughs> you, okay, like a I don't want to hear it. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to hear it. Yeah, there you go, there you go. I don't. I, I don't want to hear it anymore. I thought okay. I wanted to hear it, but now you I did. don't. You did, and now we've re- retracted. <laughs> a critical factor, a critical I factor retract. that differentiates catsup and ketchup is their composition. Ketchup predominantly contains tomatoes and vinegar. Catsup has a thinner consistency and may include other ingredients such as mushrooms, walnuts, or anchovies. Walnuts? I don't believe any yeah, of that. Walnuts. I don't yeah. believe any of that. Well, that this is, is all this is, baloney. This is on the, com- the kitchencommunity.org, and I think well, they I don't will believe know. Them. The, okay. the kitchen community oh, the shit. kitchen community not a kitchen community oh, the internet yeah. is a dangerous place that we could it just is. look this stuff up mm-hmm. while mm-hmm. we're talking well do we have uh, while while we're looking things up do you have any recommendations before we sign off for the, after another wonderful episode of things you're other things you're enjoying oh my god even things that exist outside of the star trek spectrum things that exist I know how to, okay, I know how to add a link to a specific Google photo album to your Android home screen. Okay. This is something that I learned today and you asked. So I will tell you. Okay. um, Because there's no way to link it from the Google app, right? So this probably works on Apple uh, phones, Apple phones, you know, Apple phones. Um, So you have to turn, so you have to copy the link, go to share, where you want to share the photo album, you got to copy the link. And then you got to turn your phone on airplane mode. And then you got to go to your browser, open a tab, paste the link there. And it's going to say no internet. 
it's going to just not open it up. It's going to say no internet. And then you have to go to the three dots and you have to say add to home screen. Because And then it'll add it to home screen. You could change your name. And then you have to turn your airplane mode back off. And do you know why you have to do that? Well, I'll tell you. Because if it wasn't on airplane mode, when you typed it into a browser, it would just go immediately back to your Google app, a photo app again. Okay? So I just, there you go. There's the educational recommendation. Wonderful. Um, Carrie's offering workshops on how to use one's phone. Uh, so feel free to reach out to her. My mom was here for four days. So <laughs> it's something that I needed to do. There. So Good kids, point. if you need your parents to see a specific photo album. We're just working on trying to delete someone from a text thread over on okay. my family. <laughs> yeah. I just discovered the notes app on my phone uh, has the ability to do check boxes. Oh. Yeah. I am. Um, I. That's that's all I got. I signed up for the this beta program relevant. for iPhone, and I and now you can do lots of fun things like you can um, turn your pictures and like boomerangs into like animated gifts you can send people or animated like stickers, mm. which is kind of fun. Cool. Um, which I'm enjoying very much. The other thing I would recommend, I don't know if I recommended it last we spoke, um, is the Britney Spears. Uh, memoir did i recommend that last time because i just listened no. to the whole thing it was in i think so yeah she sim- she just simply tells her story and she's been through fucking hell she's, sure. she, she's you, you listened to the audiobook version i did read by michelle williams who deserves uh, like an oscar oh, wow oh really read really by good, michelle yes. williams wow yeah and michelle you forget but you forget it's michelle williams because michelle williams is so good at like inhabiting characters and i mean there was moments where michelle felt like gwen, gwen verdon was telling the story but that's because Michelle Williams also played her very beautifully. Um, mm. Yeah, highly, highly, highly recommend that. Um, mm. Write that down. So why write, don't write forget. it on down. Well, it's also now like the best-selling celebrity memoir of all oh, time. Wow. So at some point, I think we'll all have read it. Um, I don't read memoirs. I don't read biographies or autobiographies. I don't know why. I just don't, like I start reading them and I'm like, I don't care about your life. I feel I feel bad because like I think the ones I've read phase and I've read like Amy Poehler and I feel bad because I feel like I'm making a demand of you're incredibly talented writer so uh, you're going to tell me the story of your life but you better make it as entertaining as possible and I know you mm. can do that you know as opposed to someone who maybe does not have that skill doesn't need that skill and is basically just like I want to tell you about my life for some reason I don't do those. Well, no, that's the thing. Like Britney, Britney's book is not going to be like a laugh riot, but it is right. compelling to hear right. the insanity that they, that she's been through. Um, yeah. But I don't feel bad for any of them who've written these books because you know what they got, got for writing these books is a lot of money. money? So, oh yeah, uh, of course. No, I mean, I'm money. saying I feel bad for myself when I can't, you know, when I can't oh, I follow see. them. I'm just like, oh, I need my memoirs to be more entertaining. I'm sorry, your life is boring. <laughs> I, now I'm feeling like I should be reading more memoirs and biographies. I've, I've been collecting a lot of like a, more obscure ones. Like I got Jaja Gabor's memoir, which is called One Lifetime is Not Enough. And then I got one, I have Lorna Luft's memoir, which is called Me and My Shadows, which they turned into a miniseries. But Lorna Luft is Judy Garland's daughter. Um, and it's mostly fine, but there's just one passage where she tells a story about how, um, you know, her mom was kind of volatile. And at one point, I guess her mom was trying to kick out their nanny. And meanwhile, Lorna hated her nanny because her nanny was mean to her. 
but she tells a story about how her, her basically Judy Garland chased their nanny out of the house holding a butcher's knife from the kitchen. And as the nanny got into the car, Judy Garland hurled the butcher's knife at the car and shattered the front windshield. <laughs> oh my God. And that is a story that plays out in my, my brain a lot. Cause I think I was like, is that true? Even if it isn't, I just want to imagine that happening. Cause that's incredible. So. <laughs> that's my, that's my favorite thing, honestly, like celebrity arguments, especially when it's basically like, Hmm, this very notable story for some reason is completely absent from, you know, from the, from the other side of the tables, you know, auto, uh, right. by autobiography. I find that very interesting. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. When is Judy going to corroborate it? Oh, wait. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, when she was alive judy wrote a book that that actually specifically said oh and by the way this story did not happen yeah the story about josh why would you lie about that why would you lie about that like i do think that maybe like, that's a, a very oddly think, specific denial judy okay fine i think judy's storytelling skills also were a little um you know untrustworthy towards the mm. end as well mm. but you know it's all it's all good um but anyway we have come to the end of another wonderful episode, my friends. Uh, and I, I thank you for joining me again. Join us again next week. We'll be discussing two more episodes of Star Trek. Um, and uh, we, we don't have to end with a song, but we can just end with, yeah. um, let's just end with a, let's, on an um, you know, like it's an, an end om. of a yoga class. Okay. Like an om. Okay, ready? Sure. Oh. Um.